Kobe Trice. Real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Around the Outside Podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. As always, it's your boy, the conductor, Mr. Lux Rider. And I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, wonderful, wonderful co-host, Mr. Kevin Kutch. What it do? Man, have we got some news and stuff to recap this time. Oh, Lord. It was, it was one hell of a weekend that... Honestly, it feels like it was out of a pipe dream for races this weekend, man. Because just nothing went right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing went as well as it was supposed to at all. So question, really question is, where do we start? And you know what? We'll start with Saturday. Because Cup Series and Trucks was in Gateway. Meanwhile, the Xfinity Series was over in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, the truck series. I'm not gonna lie to you. I watched it. It was. I fell asleep. I legitimately fell asleep. For real? It was boring. It was bad. Oof. It was boring. Like I don't know what it is about Gateway, honestly. And I think this is catered to Gateway needs to be at night because day races at Gateway just it, there's nothing that excites you anymore. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's just. It's just nothing grabs you. The racing there, it's okay, but after a while, it gets stale. You know, there's really one groove. The second groove, like the Highline groove, only really works in certain situations. It's not a, a um, like, continuing groove that you can run. The same mm-hmm. thing goes for cup cars as well. Um, but it's just really, it's a flat track. You know, it's not like... It's not like um, Phoenix. It's not like New Hampshire where you could get a flat track and provide some exciting racing. New Hampshire is the flattest track we go to, but it has the best racing. I don't know how they do it, but they just do. You know, you bring Um, up a really good point. And I think Denny Hamlin touched base on this with uh, tire wear in his podcast. Did you have a chance to hear that? Yes. And for the moment, my I guess my hatred of Phoenix is misplaced because – it's mainly due to tire, but Ooh, you heard it here first. Lux, his hatred was misplaced for Phoenix. To to be fair, to be fair, the yeah. other series don't really have that much exciting racing for at Phoenix. So it's Rude. not really the Cup Series tire that's the Boy. issue. Um, but the tire is really a big issue because the tires, like Denny Hamlin said, they don't wear enough. They don't. Right. Like, literally, a prime example of that, we go back a couple weeks ago to North Wilkesboro. That track hasn't been repaved since 1981. Realistically, that tire 
was supposed to wear like a, that tire, that surface was supposed to grind these tires like a cheese grater. These guys had 40 lot tires and were not, nobody was slipping and sliding. Yeah, we were, we were wrong on that one. I thought there was going to be a lot more tire wear, but it turns out they brought like the toughest tires in the world. Goodness. It's, it's one of those things of it's, you wouldn't think that'd be a bad problem. You would think yeah. the long lasting tires would be good. No blowouts. Cool. You know, right. I mean, it's not like you don't want to, um, you don't want a repeat of Indianapolis in like 2009. Remember where it had like a blow every three or four laps on a run? Yeah, that was bad. Like, you don't want that, but at the same time, bad. A little bit of tire wear. You know what I mean? A little mm-hmm. bit of fall off. Have drivers search for different grooves to find that grip. You know, have drivers drive up towards the wall because there's a little bit of grip. There's tire rubber up there that gives a little more grip. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want with the moment when two tires and two tires versus four doesn't really make a difference. That's when you know the tire wear is an issue. That's true. That's true. But you know what? At least we got some positive things to look forward to. Like this is our last week of Fox, right? Only one yep. more to go. Real quick before we hop on that, there is a solution coming with the tire problem. Oh, there is. Um, there is. I think they had a tire test at New Hampshire or somewhere. Where they had a tire test some track, but they're bringing a softer tire when we head to New Hampshire in a couple weeks. Hell now, yeah. This is good because this means the tire is going to wear much, and that means we're going to, I mean, literally two tires on a stop is going to be a short term gain, long term loss. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, four tires can be long term gain, short term loss. So it's going to add in tire strategy. So hopefully it makes it a little bit more competitive at one of the flat tracks, and maybe, just maybe, we can go to Phoenix and have a competitive race. Maybe. Just maybe. Um, but yeah, so that was just another, but honestly, tire rear wasn't really biggest issue when it comes to Gateway, was it? Mm-mm. Brake problems. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple that blew up. Four cars broke um had their brake rotors literally explode going into turn one. First victim was Unfortunately, Carson Hosovar, who was having such a good run. Yeah, he was on a roll too. He was he was that was the best, honestly, like performing seven car we've seen. That guy drove from the back of the pack all the way up to like he was right on the bumper of the top 15. Yeah. Before the, the rotor exploded. He did a smart thing though. He aimed it towards the wall, didn't really have that much um problems. And um but some other drivers weren't so lucky with the, yeah. that wall hit. Second driver was Reddick, who blew a brake rotor. Then, unfortunately, Bubba Wallace, who was round mm-hmm. enough in the top 10. And then also Noah Gregson, who, Noah Gregson did the wrong thing. He actually tried to turn, he actually tried to make the corner. And he unfortunately got the biggest hit of all of the guys who broke up um, brakes going in turn one. He backed in the fence and he got to it. He got concession. He's, Fortunately, he will not see him race this weekend at Phoenix at um, Sonoma because that rear end problems. We'll get to him later on in the show, but um, yeah, fortunately yeah. he suffered a bad hit of it. But um, but yeah, so it was just a lot of brake problems, and I said this while we were doing our live race um react. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be shifting at this track, guys. We don't. We don't. That's they need to fix the gear stuff because. Honestly, you should either go between high gear or second high gear. You shouldn't have to go all the way down to like third or something gear with these gears. 
You know, always I mean? just change what the gear ratio rules are for the track. Like that's something NASCAR could it's, do. It's just weird. It's just weird how because the thing is we have the same issue, and I said this during stream. We have the same issue when we go to Martinsville. You can somebody can get a screw up the turn right, and all mm -hmm. they have to do to defend their position is just drop the gear and they're gone. You know, if you screw up, you screw up. You're supposed to lose that spot. You know, you shouldn't have to. Basically, the gear shifting is giving drivers an easy way out from losing their position if they screw up on the track. And that's the issue. So, yeah, that was bad enough. But, and I talked about Bubba Wallace having problems. The Lito's curse strikes again. Again. Now, here's the thing. I know I'm going to have a lot of my Bubba Wallace fans who were blasphemy and berating me all week. They said it all week. A scheme is just a scheme. It has nothing to do with how the driver races. Bubba and that team are on the run. Have faith in the team to overcome it. It's just a paint scheme. 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 And what happened? <laughs> so a buddy of mine um had a really good post. Okay. I'm gonna try to find it because it's on our Discord. I posted it in our Discord about his history with that paint scheme, right? I'm gonna see if mm -hmm. I can scroll up and see if I can find it. It was earlier on in the week. Um but yeah, yeah, okay, here it is. Bubba Wallace has had has had a primary sponsor of Bleedos for two seasons. In a total of nine races they've been on the car, they have an average finish of 20.7. Jeez. Jesus. So at what point, Captain, does a curse scheme be officially called a curse scheme? Uh to be honest, I think it's probably when the checks stop cashing. <laughs> Like, I do think it's a curse scheme, man. Like it, those numbers don't lie. And the thing is, people say, "Oh, it's just a scheme. Don't worry about it." So like it's not a like. I understand it's bad, but don't look at it like I'm just talking crazy and stuff like that. It happens in racing. Drivers have curse schemes. Yeah, there's a long time the green cars were considered unlucky. Exactly in, in racing, and then also uh, the number thirteen, of course. Like there's when you talk about. Superstition at a NASCAR at a racetrack is commonly, and it goes all the way back. I think there was a certain thing about Junior Johnson um, refused. Didn't I think it was like a curse of like a dollar bill at a racetrack or something like that, like a five dollar bill or something like that at a racetrack. Mm -hmm. Where Junior Johnson, if you try to get a five dollar bill near him at a racetrack, he would like shun you away. Like it was, it was, it was, it was some. There's a lot of superstitions that come in NASCAR. One of them being drivers don't go to hospitals. Drivers, there was an old superstition about drivers going to hospitals. Oh my god! You remember Days of Thunder movie Days of Thunder, right? Yeah. He said in um, Harry Hodge, Harry Hyde said in the movie, if you can get a driver to a hospital before he's actually dead, you made him. You've made history. Because there's, I think it's just like the whole thing of there's always a fear when you hop in the car that you're gonna end up here. You don't want to go here willingly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's there's superstitions and racing exist. So I'm not talking crazy when I say that scheme is cursed. It just happens. Damn. But nonetheless, after all the craziness, by the way, we had a power outage at the track too. I forgot about that. Yeah. We thought that it was like just Fox messing up. No. Again, but <laughs> right. Uh, I wonder how much the lightning had to do with that. How how that how long was that delay? The lightning hold was like an hour, close to two hours, like an hour and a half. 
Brutal. And keep in mind, for those wondering how could it be that, it was basically – so NASCAR has a rule of whenever there's lightning within a 30-mile radius of the – within a certain – I think like a 5- to 10-mile radius of the track, they get put in a 30-minute lightning hole. It happens all the time. doesn't have to be raining. doesn't have to be storming. Lightning in the area, 30-minute hole. So every time we got to the end of that 30-minute hole, there'd be another lightning strike. So we had to have another 30-minute hole. Damn. That race went on forever. Thank you, Mother Nature. It was just bad, <laughs> man. But, yeah. but hey, on a positive note, somebody had a good day, right? Somebody had a good day, and I have to apologize. So <laughs> I said I did it. I took my desserts earlier. I ate my veggies earlier in the year, and I have to do it again. I said, and I quote, at the beginning of the year, I do not think the Cowboys is going to have that much success at RCR as anybody thinks he would. I said maybe at tops he gets one win, maybe two, but I don't think he gets any more. I don't think he gets three or more. He picked up his third win this weekend. And in the famous words of the GOAT, I took that personally. So uh, says Kyle Busch. <laughs> I, I, does Kyle Busch listen to this podcast? Like, you know, I, I'm going to say he does, friend of the podcast, Kyle Busch. <laughs> I, I got to believe it because there's no other way to explain how he's just gone off this year. Right. <laughs> Realistically, he that eight team, they weren't all that consistent last year. Kyle Bush, the last year wasn't really outside of a few good appearances, wasn't really that special last year, you know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess you know, drivers when they have a brand new team, you know, I mean we saw it with Casey Kane when he left um the toxic environment over at um Gillette Everham, he went over to Hendrick Motorsports. He won two, I think he won two or three races at Hendrick Motorsports that year. Yeah, he immediately picked up the pace. So I guess, you know, some drivers, when they get to a new team, they just get rejuvenated and brings back all of them because we are seeing a brand new Kyle Busch. So, yeah, there's nothing the field wants less than a motivated Kyle Busch. Exactly. And honestly, that's dangerous. Um, However, as much as, no, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because watch him go out and win. I'm <laughs> I was gonna say something else, but I'm like, you know what? No, not not saying. I'm shutting my mouth. I'm not saying anything. Any, I'm not suing any seeds of doubt in Kyle Busch making a championship for and being a championship contender this year. I'm not selling any seeds of doubt ever. Hey, you know, I was dogging you about being wrong on that uh, prediction, but I gotta dog myself and do a little shout out. I thought Corey LaJoy was going to have a decent race today. <laughs> man, were you wrong? Man, was I wrong. I was like, man, oh, was- Hendrick Powell is going to do all right. Like, he's pretty talented. Here's the funny did better than LaJoy in his own damn car. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was – now, to be fair, when Josh Berry first stepped in that nine car, he sucked at Vegas. True. And this track is not a good track for Hendrick in general. I mean, look how Kyle, like Kyle Larson Kyle didn't do have a good day. Byron was barely hanging on to the top group. Bowman was pretty much non-existent. So, yeah. so they missed the setup, but man, it was still rough to see him. Now, like as crazy as that weekend was, Portland was even crazier. Did you see any of the shit that went down in Portland? I missed Portland. Man, you missed probably one of the most entertaining road course races I've seen for Xfinity in a while, man. Classic take, Portland, though. Take AJ Allmendinger out the field and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> man, so um, naturally, 
Jordan, by the way, shout out to Jordan Taylor, who did really well in his debut. I think he qualified inside the top 10 for his debut. He qualified six. And for the majority of that race was running right inside the top five for the majority of the race. Now, kicking off the race, Sheldon Creed. Oh, my God. This, this series owes Sheldon Creed so much. Sheldon <laughs> Creed was pretty much the class of the field. I think he won stage one. But they were coming around to win to, for stage two. And John, punk-ass Hunter Nemechek decided he wanted it more. So what did he do? The final turn goes in there and spins out Sheldon Creed on the final turn. But joke's on him. Because he got crossed over by Cole Custer, who snuck away with the stage victory. So, yeah. But, you know how we talk about a lot of drivers saying they're going to get a driver back, but never actually doing it? Mm-hmm. Sheldon Creed did it. Because Ooh. he marched right back up to that 20 cars rear bumper, and right in that same turn, spun the 20 car out. This time, it was more effective, because he went all the way to the back. <laughs> and his day got worse because then he got in a shuffle with his with um Sammy Smith. John Hernemachek got in a scuffle with his teammate, Sammy Smith. So his day was just ruined on ruined on ruined. Meanwhile, Creed was able to rebound with a top 10 finish. So Creed did what he said. He said he was gonna jump the two, the 20 when he got back up to him, and he did exactly that. You know, good for him for following through. Yep. And all throughout all that chaos, um, Cole Custer finally returned to victory lane in the Xfinity Series, putting himself in the Xfinity Series playoffs with a win on the streets of, on the track at Portland. So congratulations to him. Um, Xfinity Series gets another road course race this weekend at Sonoma. So, yeah, big weekend. Um, chaos. It was just all chaos. I recommend go watch the highlights. Unfortunately, Jordan Taylor broke his shifter or something in the transmission, so he was relegated to a very disappointing, like, 24th place finish, but did a really good job for most of that race. Probably, honestly, the class of the college field in that race. Hands down. Class of the field for a college racing in that field. So Very nice. Big I'm, I'm looking forward to the Sonoma preview later yep. this episode. All right. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll come back with the news. We got a lot of news. The news. Hey, thanks for listening to the Round the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at FreightTrainCCB. There, you'll also find a link to our All My Links page where you can check out our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for your support, and back to the show. Welcome back to the to Around the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. As always, it's Lux Rider with my co-host, Mr. Kevin Clutch. Hey, hey. It's time for the news. The news. The news. And big news this week. Nat 2311 has its own Project 91? The sound of brains exploding. What? Oh, my God. So, um, for those who don't know, a couple years last year, um, Trackhouse Racing announced Project 91, which is basically a project to get fill a third um, cup car for drivers with experience completely outside the realm of NASCAR. I'm talking right, right. guys from open wheel, rally racing, whatever. Stuff that doesn't relate to NASCAR. Their first driver, the first driver for the first two races for that 91, Project 91 car, 
was Kimi Raikkonen, who raced at, at um, Watkins Glen and returned this year at Circuit Americas. And they announced their next driver in that program will be Shane Van Gisbergen, who will get behind the wheel at Chicago Road Course. Now, 2311, on the other hand, fielded their first third car this year at the Daytona 500 for action sports star Travis Pastrana, who not only made the Daytona 500, ran pretty well. Um, finished inside the top, finished, I think, 11th in the Daytona 500 this year. And he led a lap, too. And he led a lap, one lap. But he led a lap in the Daytona 500, and that's all he cares about. Um, but <laughs> today, what's the thing? Yesterday, sorry. Yesterday, they announced the 67 car will be back in Cup Series. This time, being driven by a open by a road course and sports car legend, Kamui Kobayashi, former Toyota F1 driver and former 21, 24 Hours of Le Mans winner for Toyota. Um, not just did he win Le Mans, but he also set the track record there. He did, and he is also. I think he's also the team principal for that team as well. Let me look Jeez. that up to confirm. Um, 2023 World Endurance. I believe the dude he, is uber qualified. He is uber qualified. <laughs> and he will be racing. Um, he'll be racing when we head to Indianapolis, the road course. He'll run um, the 67 car at Indianapolis. But yeah, Toyota Kazoo Racing. Oops, hang on. Did the wrong thing. Click the wrong thing. Yeah, he is. Um, I believe he is part of the team. Like, I, they're interviewing him, and it said underneath his thing, he said, um, freaking team principal. So, yeah, but um, no, obviously, uber qualified. Like I said, um, former WEC champion, um, 21 hours, 24 hours of a month. He's actually set on the podium, I think, each year for the 24 hours of a month the last couple of years. So, Toyota team has been really well, but yeah, so he will be driving the number 67. Um, when we head to Indianapolis Road Course in a couple, a uh, couple weeks, a couple weeks. So yeah, and that marks the second non-traditional NASCAR driver that stepped behind the wheel of the '67 car. So it leads us to believe: Does they have their own twenty-three um, Project ninety-one? What do you think, Cap? I think so. I mean, that's pretty dope. Like bringing in drivers from all walks of life and different motorsports. That's super cool. And was he going to be at Indianapolis or is he going to be at Chicago? I forget which. He is going to be at Indianapolis. He'll be running oh, Indianapolis? the Indianapolis road course. So okay. um, it was Shane Van Gisbergen who's going to hop behind the wheel at Indianapolis at um, the Chicago street course. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, big news for them. I'm super, super excited. Um, and once again, it fits with the Toyota. He would come over with Toyota. They announced it during the 24 hours of month. So obviously – from across the pond, we got we got ideas, and he said it was his dream since he was five years old to race in NASCAR. Damn! Now, a bit of his story: um, he will become the first Japanese driver in NASCAR. I'm looking this up in a long time. Let me see here in NASCAR. He will be the um, first one to race in NASCAR with a Toyota. Be the first one Jap um race in NASCAR to Toyota. The last one before him to race in general would be um to do, 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 do the first one since 2007. No, 
Hang on. Sorry. 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 I'm looking this up on the spot. Um, yeah, it's been a minute, though. It has been quite a long time, but he's, like I said, he's not the first one, but he's the first one in a long time. But he said he's been wanting to do this for his entire career. So it's good that we gave him an opportunity. Another thing about um, him, he also r- raced alongside Jimmy Johnson in the 24 Hours of Daytona in that Ally 48 team oh. at Daytona a couple of years ago. So he's gotten he's gotten a little bit of oval experience in America. So, but yeah, so I'm definitely excited to see it. But uh, congratulations, community Kobayashi. Welcome to the 2311 racing team. We cannot wait to see you on the track. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we got more road course news though, don't we? More road course news because NASCAR is hinting they might return to an old favorite as far as road course goes. Um, let me make sure I get the press release. Um, up in the exactly. Great White North. Up in the Great White North, there was returns to Montreal. So NASCAR is in discussion with entities in Montreal about bringing the racing series back to Circuit Gilles Villeneuve as soon as next year. According to people familiar with the matter, Daytona Beach property held, um, held events in Montreal in, from 2007 to 2012 with the Xfinity Series, but a return this time could be the first time involving the Cup Series. That would be huge. And with so, how shaky Chicago's been with hosting the street course, it might mm-hmm. be a good successor in case the future events there do not happen. Now. That now a trip north of the border isn't the only trip out of the country that NASCAR has also been thinking about. They have also brought up talks of possibly returning back down to Mexico City at the racetrack down there, which NASCAR raced there for 2005 and 2000, I think 2005 to 2007, I believe. Is that the F1 track? That is, yes, kind of, sort of. It was like a modified version of F1 track, obviously. NASCAR did not race through the stadium section, which I believe they will this time around. They got but, to. Um, you can't skip the stadium section. Yeah, I think honestly, if, if they go back to Mar- to Mexico City, they got to do their stadium section. Because can you imagine that ticket of watching the Cup cars literally drive underneath your feet? Oh man! Section? Oh yeah. man! And and that corner is made for contact. Right. Yeah. And it's if you watch the F1 cars, it's crazy. And especially now you have Daniel Suarez getting popular. That's a home race for him. That's a Dude. home race for him. So Daniel's um, amigos would be filling the stands. Oh my god, it'd be amazing. But um, so yeah, so if we thought that um NASCAR has made big swings to schedule, well, they've they're, they're doing it again. So um, I'm definitely excited. For those who don't know me, I love Montreal. It's one of my favorite road courses of the year. I always love watching it. You know, from the first race, the drama between Robbie Gordon and Marcus Ambrose, Kevin Harvick winning it, to the battle with Carl Edwards and Marcus Ambrose. That track owed Marcus Ambrose a, it won for a while, man. Like in the in the couple of years, I think up to I think 2000, um, 2012, he found different ways to lose that race. Whether it's the last turn, getting spun out, car breaking, finally got one, but. Yeah, and then, of course, who could forget the drag race to the line where Boris said scored, I believe, what is only NASCAR victory at on the um, in Montreal where he um, dragged, I believe, I forget who it was, but he dragged one car to the line and was able to get his first Cubs NASCAR victory. So I'm excited. I would definitely welcome this. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of NASCAR fans who would love to see NASCAR return to Montreal. So NASCAR, make it happen. 
Yes. Now, the next bit is not just, it is NASCAR, and it is a road course, but it's not a NASCAR road course. And man, it's been stealing the show all damn week. Merkel has invaded France for the first time since the old World War II, baby. Merkel. <laughs> Merkel. Garage 56 landed in um, for those who don't know, we've talked about it on the show for a while, Garage 56, the specialized NASCAR, modified NASCAR stock car, will be racing in the 24 hours of Le Mans. Since it has arrived in the city of Le Mans, it has been turning heads. The parade through the streets has gotten so many videos of that car roaring down the alleys. It's and blowing course, up TikTok. And then, of course, the videos of it flying down the Mulsanne straight, top speed, Lying down there, the big sound of that big throaty NASCAR V8. Now, they are not the only V8 that's been tearing up that track. As this year, Cadillac in their DPI hits the hits hit the um, 24 hours on month for the first time as well. Um, so we got two big throaty V8s just Americanizing it up in France. Yes. If you get, uh, if you're listening right now, if you get a chance to look at this car, please do because it looks so damn goofy and epic. It looks so damn out of those place. cars. Now, <laughs> it's not just loud. It's not just big. It's fast too. Oh, and yeah. when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, may shock you. During testing and practice already, that twenty, that um, Garage Fifty Six. Camaro clocked in a full five and a half seconds faster than the entire GTAM field. Damn. No, no, we're a couple cars in the GTAM field just to give reference. Come, you're talking about the Corvette C, um, CAR. Damn. Ferraris. I'm talking Porsche 911s. I'm talking like the the biggest and the baddest sports cars. These ain't slouches. These are not slouches. These are cars that we've been dream cars. And this big old American V8 NASCAR is showing them all up. Kicking ass. And also, not just is the car kicking ass, but the crew pit crew is too. The pit they- crew won the pit crew challenge for the GT class, which is weird because we're not we can't race against the GT cars. But we can still compete against them in the Patriot Challenge? What? Okay, yep. And so not just did the team win, they were hella fast, but they did it with a mechanical um, jack. jack. Mechanical yeah. jack. No air jacks. Mechanical yeah. jack. Going around, jacking it up from one side to the other. Let's go. Because if you, am, for those unfamiliar, NASCAR pit crews today, not back in the old days, but today, are usually like former D1 football players. Right. These are athletic These athletes. And especially coming from Hendrick Motorsports, where anyone, if you have ever been to Hendrick Motorsports, they have a football-style training facility, especially for the pit crews. It's gorgeous. It's like, gorgeous. They were the first ones to bring a bond that recruiting D1 athletes. So yeah, so they had football players carrying a literal jack, running it around the car, did all four tires in 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Now, I'm telling you, if I'm the GT class, be glad that that car cannot compete against us on race day. Right. So if I'm if I'm the GT field, I'm glad that car is in its own class and technically cannot win the in the win the um win the 24 hours a month by the way that is 
Sorry to break the bubble for everyone. Even though how fast that car is, it technically cannot win because it is in its own class um, and it's experimental class. So it technically cannot win, even if we drag every one of their motherfucking ass to the line. I will say this. I said this on Twitter. If we get across the line fast, better first in front of the GT classes, we want GT. I don't care. I don't care. We're holding that dub. We're taking that dub. I agree like, on that. I'm good. Like, we're, we're taking that double. We'll steal the trophy. We'll steal the accolade in the bar, no matter what, to the day we die. We're literally claiming that victory. Hell yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Now, one thing I will say, and this is why I'm excited about the Garage 56 success, is imagine if this is just the beginning. Because we saw what they can do. Now, imagine if Toyota, we, like I said, Kamui Koyashi. Uh, um, Lamont Star is already racing in tw- for twenty three eleven in the Cup car. Imagine if he spearheads a Toyota Garage fifty six program. Dude, I hope they do, and they do a Ford one. Like I, I hope they have that because Ford, Ford, Ford is Ford. We already seen their success at um, Le Mans. They've won it before. By the way, speaking of that, they debuted this weekend. Um, this week as well, they also debuted their GT three car that they'll be racing next year. Oh. So. Ford Mustang is returning to Le Mans. So let's go. There but, go. Um, but no, so imagine if Ford can get it. I mean, I'm, I'm granted you'll probably have Team Penske leading the charge on that program. Toyota will probably be a joint effort between um, with the 2311 and Joe Gibbs with maybe a little bit of help from Jimmy since his Legacy Motor Club is switching over to Toyota for next year. Um, but yeah, so and imagine, and I, and I brought up this possibility, and I want you to steer this in your head a little bit, Captain. You ready? Imagine if this is the open invitation for other manufacturers who want to get into NASCAR to make their own stock car. Dude, that's one of the rumors I was hearing from this is that other manufacturers are kind of having raised eyebrows. They're like, hold up. And one manufacturer I'm eyeing up because they hinted at it a few times, BMW. Oh. BMW and Audi as well. Can you imagine BMW and Audi making a cup car? That'd be insane. They're already going back to Audi's already going back to F1. Come on now. Like an A5 out there or something. A3. Son. Imagine a BMW 5 series ripping up the fucking NASCAR track at Kansas or some shit. Come on now. Come on. But we will um, from there we go from um, some really good news to I want to take a little bit of time for some solemn news and some prayers. Um, for those who don't know, Kyle LeDuc, a famous short course off-road racer, probably one of the best out there. He um, Last year, a couple days ago, he announced he's skipping out the season racing due to um, being diagnosed with stage four head and neck cancer. Ooh. So um, everyone here at... Freight Train Studios wishes all our prayers to T- Kyle LaDuke. He is a legend when it comes to off-road racing. Like, he is probably one of the most badass dudes ever to hop in a four-wheel drive, pick up, off-roading it, man. This guy's insane in a membrane with a capital I. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is all the prayers with him. Hopefully he beats this just like he beats everybody on the track. That. And we can get back to see him race. I know you probably don't know much about Kyle Duke, but when I say this man's a legend when it comes to off-road racing, believe me when I say that. So prayers out to Kyle Duke. Um, 
But yeah, and also um, big ups to Noah Gregson. Hopefully another get well to Noah Gregson. Like we said, um, that big hit we took, he got diagnosed with concussion-like syndromes. We kind of all saw him. The interview was kind of like telling a little bit. But um, he seemed a little bit off. But NASCAR is yeah. going to do something about it, right? They're NASCAR has they've introduced um, front clip um, updates to the chassis for the next gen car that will be implemented when we head to Atlanta and next month. Um, and then also, I believe they're also taking a look at that rear clip as well. So NASCAR's working on it. Um, unfortunately, drivers have to get hurt. And the thing is, people say, why did they fix this car before it is? There's certain things you can't test. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I will always say about this next-gen car is all the problems we got, that's stuff you couldn't test no matter how long you put in development. Right. You know, even, you know, you look at these, we talk about Le Mans, you look at these high, high technology hypercars that have been in development for 10 years. They still get the Le Mans that have problems that they didn't see in testing. They developed them for decades. You know what I mean? So eventually there's certain things you just can't test. And unfortunately the rigidity and impact of these cars is one of them. So, but nonetheless, NASCAR, they're on it. They always get on it. So um, Noah Gregson will be replaced this weekend by uh, Grant Infinger, who will finally make his first Cup Series start over a decade after his last attempt in 2011. What? So Grant Infinger making his Cup Series start this weekend. So excited for him. We're going to take a brief break. We'll come back with our race preview. Yeah. Hey, do you know I also stream on Twitch? Make sure to follow me at twitch.tv slash LuxRider. And now it's time for the final rundown. Back to the show. What is going on? Welcome back to Around the Outside Podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. And it is time for a race preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This weekend, we are headed to the hills of wine. We're headed to wine country, Captain. Southern, it's out in California, right? Yep. Sonoma, Sonoma, formerly known as Sears Point, formerly known as Infineon, now known as Sonoma in Sonoma, California. I do not know if we are running, I do not know what version of the track we're running. I think we might be running the carousel this week. I oh, think, we are. I oh, think the longer so. version? That's what I've been, that's what I think. Because um, last year they did the shorter one, didn't they, without the carousel? Yeah. Last uh, year we went back to the the one ninety nine the just under two mile layout that we were used to, um, and so, so I think this year we're going to be going back to the let's see here, yeah so we're going back we're going back to the the OG layout with those okay shoes, okay shoes. so yeah um but yeah so this weekend NASCAR returns to um Sonoma for the Toyota Saint Mark three fifty. And for the first time in history, we're bringing the Xfinity Series with us. Mm-hmm. So this is really cool. The first time Xfinity Series will be there. They will be racing the DoorDash 250. Um, obviously, we were running the shoot layout, which basically means when you come off that blind turn, we have a little short shoot down the back straightaway, down into the S's. Um, previous years, we've done the carousel, which we go um, run up the drag strip, 
Yeah, but, for those unfamiliar, the carousel is an extra little bit of the track that kind of loops back inside of it. Normally, it's like a 1.99 mile track for stock cars, and it's been that way for years and years. Like Sonoma's been part of the NASCAR schedule as one of the road courses since oh, decades, 1989. Like, yeah, it, it's been around like it's just a staple. Um, anyways, the that little section that gets it longer brings up to what 2.6 miles? 2.5. 2.5 yeah so it adds a little bit to the track um a little bit it slows the cars down a smidge but still is a really good racing product i love yeah. love sonoma Every, everyone loves sonoma some of us one probably one of nascar's most revered um road courses right up there with Watkins Glen. it always does good racing however oh, yeah. you can it's hit or miss where now you get a good finish you either get a good finish or you get a kind of a boring finish so hopefully Ooh. you get a good finish this weekend um last year we had a first time winner last year with daniel suarez Hell yeah. first cup series victory here last year so who knows what we would do this year see if we can get uh, back to back maybe that'd be awesome um and then obviously like i said xfinity series is coming to play for the first time this weekend so that'll be exciting especially back-to-back races for xfinity series are there and, any exciting uh, drivers that are going to be in the Xfinity lineup this week? Oh, my God. It is a star-studded lineup, not only for the Xfinity series, but also the Arca West series is also going to be running some um, Xfinity drivers. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. some notable drivers, Ty Dillon will be in the number four car for JDM Motorsports. Daniel Suarez will be driving the 07. Kyle Weatherman in the 08. AJ Allmendinger returns to the Xfinity series driving the 10. Kyle Larson will be in the Hendrick Motorsports 17. Ty Gibbs returns, driving the 19. Um, Carter Mozak in the 24. Eric Almarola in the 28. Alex LeBay in the 29. Um, Alex LeBay in the 29. And then Sage Karam, Brad Perez, and Ross Chastain will be in the 91. So a lot. Star-studded field for Xfinity Series. And then on the Cup Series side, Andy Lally returns to the Cup Series. He'll be driving the 15 for Rick Ware Racing with a sponsorship with, by the way, shout out to Mark Lamo- Marcus Lamonis, man. The Camping World has done so much for NASCAR in the sport. They really have. I can't oh, thank him enough to the point of where he literally said in a tweet he would love to race NASCAR. He just doesn't have the sponsorship opportunity. Marcus Lamonis immediately said, yo, hit me up, son. And so he'll be racing all of the road courses for the rest of the season for Rick Ware Racing outside. He'll be racing the 15 outside of Chicago and, I believe, Indianapolis road course because those races, the 15 will be Jensen Button. But outside of that, he'll be racing all the road courses the rest of the year for Rick Ware Racing. So yay. Nice. thank you, Mark Silmonis, for making this happen. But, yeah, so with all that being said – uh, oh, I forgot to say the um, track history for the Toyota State Mart 350. Obviously, this track has been known to favor two drivers. Jeff Gordon, who has a lot of wins there. Tony Stewart's won a couple times. Martin Strix Jr. has three wins. Does he really? Three wins at that racetrack. Kyle Busch has two. Um, My boy Case Kane even got himself a victory in 2009. Um, other notable drivers who have won a race here, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Kate, um, Kurt Busch has won here before, and one Pablo Montoya won one of his two career Cup Series wins at this racetrack. So, yeah, 
track is known for drivers. Jeff Gordon obviously holds the record for most wins with five. Owned that place for so long. Gordon won consecutive races, 98, 99, and 2003 in a row, and then 2004 and 2006. Tony Stewart and Martin Church Jr. are second with three wins. Um, and then Ernie Irvin, Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, and Kyle Busch all have two wins. Hager Motorsports has a record seven wins at that track. And Chevrolet has 13 Goodness. overall. So, yeah. With that being said, guys, it is time to make our picks. The picks. Do you want to go or do you want me to go first? first uh, I'm good either way. What you feeling? What's up? I'm good either way. What you feeling? Let's, you go first. All right. All right. So my main pick for this weekend, uh, he won here last year for Xfinity. Okay. But he won here last year in the Cup Series. We already talked about a bit. I've got Daniel Suarez winning in Xfinity. Ooh. He did a really good job in the – he also raced the Truck Series race, something for Carson Hosevar in the Truck Series race last year as well. It's a normal. So he pretty well there too. Speaking of Carson Hosevar, my dark horse for this race – it is Carson Hosevar. See, last year, yeah, he got the pole last year is, as well with a broken racing, leg, is right? Is he racing the 77 this weekend? He's not. Pick another driver. He's not racing um, the 77 this weekend. What? Nope. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, so that, another dark horse. Remember, this is Xfinity, not truck series. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's Xfinity, not truck. I thought he was going to get put into it. Um, oh. So, no, I'm going to go then with Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. So, you're picking the track horse duo. Yes, sir. How about you? Right. What you got? For my main pick, even though there is a field of cup drivers, including Kyle Larson, Ty Gibbs, you know, Ross Justine, Daniel Suarez, this man is owed a Xfinity uh, Series victory. And I'm telling you, it's going to come on a road course. He got wrong last weekend at Portland. He is going to, he's going to be driving like a man possessed. This weekend is the weekend Sheldon Creed finally gets it done. His home state, his backyard, Ooh. on a road course. I think Sheldon Creed finally gets himself into the playoffs and finally gets that first win off his back. Sheldon Creed wins. Do not afford like 250. Now, like for my dark horse, um, there's a lot of good names I can pick for my dark horse. And I'm kind of looking back at last week to see who kind of like surprised me a lot and who didn't. One driver that surprised me quite a lot, and he would be a dark horse for me. I'm gonna go Carter Mozak. He did really well in 2022 driving for Joe's Racing at Portland. He did really well this past weekend in Portland driving for Sam Hunt Racing. So I think he could do pretty well driving for Sam Hunt again. So I got. Sheldon Creed and Connor Mozak. Now, shifting gears for the Cup Series, I went. You went first for the um, Xfinity. Oh, you're up first. I will go first here. As far as my main pick, it's hard to predict. Pick anyone other than a Hendrick car to win. They own this track, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, my what? pick. My pick. I believe. This track is known for getting um this track is known for getting upset winners and very strange winners. 
Actually, you know, I'm I'm backing out of this one. I'm backing out of this. I, I was I was confident. I was getting ready to tip, and I'm backing out of it. I'm backing out. I was going to say, is this going to double as a hot take? Because I'm I'm pumped for this. Oh my god. Um, I'm going. I'm going to go with. Um, I think I'm going to go with um, Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott. I know. I said no. No. Oh God. I'm I'm fucking up. 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 I said I wasn't going to go Hendrick. No, you don't take Chase. I'm taking Chase. That's that's why I got written. <laughs> I'm not going to take Chase. I'm not going to take Chase. So prepare your statements. But I'm going to go with the road course ringer for Toyota. I'm going to take Tyler Reddick. I'm going to take Tyler Reddick. Okay. I can see it. I think he goes back back on road course this year. As for my dark horse, it um as far as my dark horse, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna matter of fact for my dark horse. Give me Andy Lally. Give me uh, Andy Lally for my dark horse. Give it to me. You know he's a road course ringer. You know these cars are known for for bringing the best out of drivers. It's not really about um speed. It's about talent. This man knows this track. He knows how to get around here. He's got that 15. He's got that camping world. Give me Andy Lally for my dark horse. Go. I know who you're going to pick for your main pick. Go. You know exactly who I'm going to pick. The man, the myth, the legend, the uh, NASCAR champion, the best average road course finish of anybody <laughs> in the field, generationally talented at road courses, Chase Elliott out of Hendrick. You know, I love dogging his fans, but I cannot argue that the man has talent and he's got some skill. And I think he's bringing it home this weekend. For my dark horse, though, I'm going to go with a Ford. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Ford, and I'm going to go with the Front Row Motorsports. Mm. Michael McDowell. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's shown some speed at road courses. He's got a little bit of talent. Uh, we had a rain delay or a rainy, a rainy race was last year. Mm. And McDowell actually had the lead on a road course and it was, until it dried up and the Hendrick cars were able to put their power down. Right. So I think he's my dark horse. Um, one name, even though we didn't pick them, I'm going to pick out two names that I think I'm going to keep my eye out on them because they are very sneaky. Um, Chris Buescher is one of them. Chris Buescher, mm. very underrated road course racer. And another name, um, to keep an eye out on, Saint Smith. Saint Smith is, we saw him, at, he won the, one of the Daytona support races for, for 24 hours in a Mustang. You know, that. Front Row Motorsports gets a little bit better every single week. This man, and also this man won back-to-back races at Coda in the Truck Series. And man is a threat when they go to Truck Series in the Truck Series. What the fuck did I just say? <laughs> That's a blooper right there. But they go to road courses on the Truck Series. <laughs> Smith. Oh my God, you're going to have to Bro, we got to get some food in you. You're, you're delirious. Yeah, no, I'm hungry. But before we do that, we got to get our hot takes. Have you prepared yours? Got one in mind. You okay. Want the honors? We'll go with yours because mine is going to break the internet. You going to break the internet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, I definitely want to go ahead of that one. I don't... So uh, my, my hot take is that not just will the Garage 56 car finish the 24 hours of Le Mans, mm. that, but they're also going to beat all of the GT class cars. That is a hot take. Not that a steamy hot take. It's not really a warm hot take, but it's not really a hot, hot, hot take. It's a steamy one. Because we always see the yours. Mine, it will not happen this year. But I am predicting in 2024, Lewis Hamilton 
will make a start in the Cup Series for 23-11 in the 67 team. Oh, I believe it. He said he's expressed interest in wanting to run NASCAR. He says he wants to give it a try. I think, and obviously, Mercedes, they're getting a little bit faster, but I think if Lewis Hamilton, right now the contract negotiations are up in the air for him returning to Mercedes. There's a lot of rumors of him going Ferrari, doing other things. I would love to see Lewis just take a part year at Mercedes in 2024. You know, maybe run a couple big races, and maybe they use that seat to kind of because Mick Schumacher has been impressing Toto Wolf as a reserve driver for that team, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen this in F1 in a long time. Part schedule in that for Mercedes team, make George Russell run a full season. Lewis kind of shares his ride with Mick Schumacher, but this but the new contract allows him to race in the States. I would like to see him maybe make an IndyCar start, but more importantly. Him aligning with Bubba Wallace in the 67 team, maybe Coda, maybe Montreal. That would that be a good place for it. He's raced at Montreal before. He's won at Montreal. How cool would it be for him to make his Cup Series debut on at Circuit Jill Villeneuve? And, by the way, how cool would it be for him to do that in Montreal? That's the track where he won his first career um, F1 race. Point. So how cool would that be for him to make his first Cup Series start at the track he won his first F1 race? And for 2311. And imagine that. If boomers already don't like one black man in NASCAR, you're going to have two. (laughs) And for the same team. (laughs) And this one is a vegan. (laughs) And this one stands up for gay rights. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to make the boomers blow their minds. But yeah, that's my hot take. 2024, Lewis Hamilton makes a start in the Cup Series for 2311 in the 6017. Nice. That was a hot take. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to wrap it up because I got to get some grub in this big old stomach. And we got to enjoy this weekend. For all my people in France, au revoir. For Garage 56, best of luck, boys. Bring it home for the boys in good United States and NASCAR fans everywhere. Um, For Kyle LaDuke, keep fighting, my man. Pray you get through this. For no Gregson, prayers up to you. Can't wait to see you back in the Cup Series in that 42 car. Captain, do you have any closing remarks? Yeah, for everybody, if you've been listening this long, feel free to like, subscribe, share the podcast, and join our Discord. It's a good time. We talk a lot about the races, and it's a pretty chill crew. Yep. And as always, happy Pride Month, motherfuckers! Godspeed! Right on! Adios! Adios! Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Guess who's back?